is the Parashat Vayera. And the two psukim that interest us tonight, just two psukim, both contain the word Tamin. Tamin. The word Tamin. The word Tamin is usually uh, translated as uh, whole, without a blemish. Uh, that's Tamin. The first pasuk is in our parasha, the parasha Vayera. Parasha Vayera. Oh, you have to open the cheaper seats. <laughs> okay, so this is what the pasuk says. The pasuk says Vayi Avram. Avram is still called Avram in this, in Perikud Zion. Ben Tishim Shana Vitesha Shanim, he was 99 years old. And then it says, Vayera Hashem El Avram. Vayera Hashem El Avram, that's the phrase that is in the first Pasuk of the parasha. And what that Pasuk means, what that Pasuk means, according to most, uh, most interpreters who, you, who, who lean to Kabbalistic interpretations. What that means is that Avram Avinu got to the level of Vayera. In other words, if you remember the Chumash, the entirety of the Chumash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to a variety of people. Right? Some good, some less good. Some which we would consider part of the family of Jews, and some who were certainly not part of the family that was being built in the book of Bereshit of Jews, right? You, like if, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to Paro, HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to Abimelech, they were not Jewish. So that speaking to man is a darga. It's a, it's a state of being which is serious. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that that's a very high state of being, that communication. But what is probably a very high state of being is Vayera. Vayera means that, that there was a perception of God that preceded the speech. It wasn't connected to the speech. So that Avram Avinu started out as Lech Lecha. That's how Avraham Avinu started out. There was a directive that came from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Avraham Avinu. And as I have explained on different occasions, Avraham Avinu was on his way to Canaan when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him to go to Canaan. Which means to me that anything you do can be done reflecting the will of heaven and it can be done in a non-willful of heaven manner so Avram Avinu was given this opportunity to go to Eretz Kinaan directed by God even though he was going to Eretz Kinaan and so the first lesson that Avram Avinu had was that you can make things count in the eyes of God and as I said, I said that's Chazal. Chazal say that the Avot kept Kol HaTorah Kula. Now, how did they know that, or why did they have to say that? I mean, what what was missing in the Avot that you had to say that they they kept the Kol HaTorah Kula? In fact, Chazal say that they even kept 
mitzvot de Rabbanan, right, rabbinic injunctions that didn't exist in the Torah, Shebechdav. They were, they were added on much later. So what that means is, what that means is perhaps that the avot were so finely tuned to the will of God that they were able to intuit things, things that God certainly would want them to do. And that's what Chazal meant. Chazal meant they were, even though they hadn't received the Torah in a, in a real manner, there was no, the Torah wasn't given to them at all. Nevertheless, somehow they skipped that stage. They could skip uh, uh, the Torah being given and they could intuit what God would want in the world, which is possible because after all you know that the Torah was given, in the, was put into the world years after the creation of the world. And it's strange that if the Torah is necessary, or if it's necessary for somebody to keep the mitzvot, then why didn't God give the Torah earlier? Certainly to Abraham, to Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And the answer may be, the answer may be that uh, uh, they were able to keep the Torah without having received the Torah. That was a, that was a, that was the midah. That's what it meant to be one of the one of the avot. So here the pasuk says that it's an event that's taking place when Abraham was ninety nine years old. Vayera Hashem el Abraham. And again, Avraham goes into, just in the first pasuk in Vayera, Vayera, Lama Hashem, that Avraham became the person who was able to perceive the presence of God. Not just to hear it, but to perceive the presence of God when there was no message. Right? There was not yet a message. God didn't say anything to Avraham. And then the pasuk says, Vayomer Elav. First, Vayera Elav Hashem. And then Vayomer Elav, that first Avram had this perception because he was Avram. And then there was a content, Vayomer Elav, and that's something that you hear, that Avram Avinu is able to hear. What was it that, that Hashem said to Avram? Ani kel shedai et alech lefanai veyetamin. So, okay. There's two parts of the pasuk that demand some sort of uh, uh, explanation. Ani kel shedai, like God tells him another name, another name, and then because of a, he says it alech lefanai veyetamim. As though, if it's true, shani kel shedai, then certainly it alech lefanai veyetamim. The thing that interests me about this pasuk. It's just like, what's the message here? I mean, what exactly did God say to Avram Avinu? You see, he gives him a directive. Where God said, Lech Lecha, we all understand what that means. Go from A to B. But when HaKadosh Baruch said to Avram Avinu, Talech Lefanai Ve'yetamim, what exactly was it that Hashem was demanding of Avram Avinu? So if you look at the Rashi, Let's skip the Anikel Shaddai part. Right for the, well, let's skip it for now. Hitalech lefanai, hitalech lefanai, kitargumo, plach kodami. Plach means la'avod, like, like uh, ritually. Uh, avoda, the, the, the things that you do when you are a, uh, a servant of God. 
plachadami, hadbeik bavodati, stick closely to my service, to the service of HaKadosh Baruch. That's what it says. That's what it says in, in uh, so hitalech lefanai doesn't mean go before me, but it means go with me. Go with me, serve me, do what I want you to do. Ve'yetamim. Avzeh tzivui achar tzivui. Rashi says, this is a command that follows a command. Ha'yet shalem bechol nisyon notai. You should be complete, perfect, in all of the, the tests that I will test you with. So this is a theme that exists in Chazal, that Avram Avinu was not simply walking around in Eretz Kenan, but he was going through a series of tests. Uh, the last, the first of the tests was Lech Lecha, and the last of the tests was Akedat Yitzchak. And Avram Avinu was going through these tests, and of course he was successful in all of those things, and therefore Rashi explains Ve'yetamim, do them perfectly. Fulfill the tests as I, as I would like you to fulfill them. Because after all, we know that Nisayat Avraham, when the Pasuk says that God tested Avraham, it doesn't mean he tested him as because he didn't know that he would pass. But he tested him in order to that the entire world should know who Avraham Avinu was. And the only way to do that it's like, a, like the word nes is a flag. Like nisayon is a test. But there's another word in Hebrew, nun samach, which means lahalot al nes, you know, to, to run, the, run up the flag. And that everybody should see, everybody would see who Avram Avinu uh, says. But Rashi is not content with this interpretation of a yetamim, that it means fulfill the tests in a perfect manner. He's not content with that. So he says, the Fimedrasho, you know that Rashi, uh, Rashi was a Pashtan, which means that Rashi wants to tell you what the Pasuk says. So when Rashi says, Fimedrasho, he doesn't mean, I'll just give you a cute interpretation to make you feel good. He means, this is also what the Pasuk is really saying. That's what that's that's how that's how Rashi understands it. This is what the pasuk is really saying. He says the Pimedrasho, hitalech lefanai v'mitzvat milah. We know that right away, that immediately following is going. Avraham Avinu is going to get the mitzvah of milah of circumcision. He's ninety nine years old. He's going to get that that mitzvah. Hitalech lefanai. So he explains the pasuk. The Medrash explains. The word tamim means whole, complete, without a blemish. How does that apply to milah, to the mitzvah of milah, which sounds like or looks like it's exactly the opposite. Like you make a blemish, you, you remove something, you do something to what should have been perfection, and you change it. But Rashi says no. Chekol's mancha becha that's how Kodesh Baruch Hu says uh, uh, that as long as you have the orla, the covering, right? That is, as long as it's not removed, 
you are kebal mum exactly the opposite of what we think that the mum is having an orla and taking off the orla produces tamim produces perfection in the created um, member in the created person right the person is created imperfectly and the brit milah brings him to a state of perfection right that's what the that's what the medrash says so in this case the word tamim means perfection it doesn't mean completely or perfectly or any word like that but it means it means perfect perfect that that there's an idea that when god created man's man he created the man imperfectly so that perfection could be achieved by man himself and man somehow has something to do with creation god created everything but man fixed it changed it added to it did something that created perfection and then he quotes another medrash which is really like uh, part of the same idea that those words mean this I mean I, 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 it's hard to read this what, what, what it means is you're missing the fifth you are missing the fifth uh, um, limb that on your body. What are the limb? What are the four limbs? And what are the? What's the fifth limb? He says, "Shteinayim, two. Shteosnayim, two. Viroshagviyah and the the orla, the orla, the the, the, the <coughs> of the penis." That's what you're missing. What, what, what Chazal is saying is that the Yetzer Hara, right, the evil inclination, or the, uh, the inclination to do the wrong thing, comes from your eyes, yes, and your, and, uh, and your ears, right? That's how it all starts. Virosh Agviya and and and, and your, your sexual inclination, al Shimcha, I will add a letter to your name, Vyuminyan Otiotecha Mataim Vaarbaim Ushmone Kiminyan Evarecha. That somehow your name, Avraham, if I translate it into a numerical value. I get 248, right? Uh, so why was Avraham's name changed from Avram to Avraham? Don't tell me anything you know. But what Rashi says is that it changed in order that the numerical value of the name should be 248. And 248 is the number of limbs that you have in your body. And this indicates that somehow Avraham was able to get the Yetzehara under control. It was why was it that the Einaim and the Oznaim and the sexual drive was like uncontrollable to some extent? Well, because it wasn't finished. I mean, that's also, that's the Yetzirah. It's like, it's like uh, 
uh, God wanted man to complete creation, but God, uh, 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 by not completing creation, allowed the Yetzahara kind of free reign. But Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu, this is what the, the Medrash says, Avram Avinu was able to break, bring it under control. He was able to bring it under control, and he was going to be Tamim. How was he going to bring it under control? By completing the creation by doing a Brit Milah. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, 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 honored him, honored Avra, Avram by changing his name to Avraham, which made the remez that he, Avraham, had the 248 limbs of his body under control. So that the Yetamim, the word Tamim, word Tamim is about the Yetzirah, according to Rashi. It's about the, uh, the, uh, the special case of Avraham, who got to Vayera Elav. Vayera Elav before, by keeping everything under control. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to him, how are you going to be, how will I invest you with Tmimut? By commanding you to do the Brit Milah. If you do the Brit Milah, you come out to be, to be Avraham Avinu. Okay? That's Rashi's interpretation of the Pasuk in our parasha. Now you know that in Dvarim, there's another Pasuk. If you look down on the sheet, it says, there's a Pasuk that says, Tamim tiyem Hashem Elokecha. Tamim tiyem Hashem Elokecha. Now it's easy enough to say that the word Tamim, it's the same word. Right? This word Tamim and this word Tamim tiyem Hashem Elokecha. It sounds like it's, uh, it's the mitzvah of, of Milah. It could be the mitzvah of Milah. But we know that that's not quite the case. We know two things. One is that uh, the Rambam says in the Parish of Mishnah, at the end of Masechet Chulin, he's right, it's also an explanation. You know, at, at the Brit Milah, the one who does the Milah, the father, the father does the Milah, usually. So he makes a bracha, right? It's got to be more, right? That's the bracha. That's a bracha. Right? There's another bracha, but that's one bracha. Now that bracha uh, doesn't really make any sense <coughs> because you could argue it's true that Avraham Avinu was the first one who was commanded to do the mitzvah Brit Milah. But the Rambam points out that the reason we do the Brit Milah is not because Avraham Avinu was commanded. It's because at Har Sinai at Har Sinai, we were commanded to do a Brit Milah. And the Pasuk says, On the eighth day, the child is supposed to be <coughs> circumcised. I mean, within certain kinds of exceptions. Right? So if I do the Mitzvah Brit Milah, the proper bracha, is the other bracha that we say, which usually the Moyal says. But why do we say, we're not doing it because of Avram Avinu. We're doing it because God told us at Har Sinai to do it. All the mitzvot in the Torah that we do actually come from Har Sinai. 
And comes Arsinei. Okay, you can tell me about Purubu. I mean, I'll sneak by that. I will sneak by that. So, this pasuk, Tamim Tiyem Hashem Elokecho, does not necessarily mean Brit Milah, because I have another pasuk that tells me about Brit Milah. B'yom HaShmini, Uva Yom HaShmini, Yimol Besar Orlato. So, Rashi says, about Tamim Tiyem Hashem Elokecho, Rashi says, Italech Yimol Bitmimut. Italech Yimol Bitmimut. You should be, you should go with God in a very simple way, in a, in a, in a way that is, there's a certain perfection. You'll, you'll look towards God and, and don't think about the future. Don't make deals, say the future has to be this way or that way. He says, whatever happens, whatever happens, you have to believe. I mean, this was one of the primary issues that you see in the Torah. And that is, that is called, God wants us again and again, tells us again and again, that we have to have faith in the promises. And in the Torah, that's called bitachon. That's called bitachon. It's not security, that kind of bitachon, but it is confidence that God will uh, carry out his promise. Confidence, bitachon. And so God promised Abraham two things, that his children will become a great nation and that he will inherit the land. And in history, we know that there are times when that doesn't seem to be happening or it seems to even be working in reverse. So tamim, tamim means you are absolutely certain about the promise. That's what tamim, that's what tamim means. I'm absolutely certain about, about the promise and tamim tiyei means that you have no doubt about what HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, whether HaKadosh Baruch Hu's promise will be fulfilled. And the reality check is meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. There was this kind of disaster, and that kind of disaster, and this shake-up, and that, that change of pace. It doesn't matter. My faith is unshaken, and according to this Rashi, and this Rashi is what kept us going, right, for the last 2,000 years. I mean, we just, we got up every day, no matter what was happening, and we said, right? we just kept saying it all the time and it's unlikely that when you say something all the time every day three times a day among many days uh, that that it won't have an effect on you i mean that's what bitachon is that's what bitachon is there's nothing else faith in the promise that hashem made to Avinu, and that promise is repeated to Yitzchak and to Yaakov and, and it's part of Yitzhak Mitzrayim it's just the background to everything background to the idea of faith the idea of faith in the Torah is not faith that God exists nor is it faith that God created the world those things are pretty much obvious and even a little the, the more sophisticated position 
as enunciated by the Ramban at the end of the parsha of Bo, at the end of the parsha of Bo, a little more sophisticated uh, position about the God creating creating the world. But the real innovation that Avram Avinu uh, uh, put into the world, the Tmimut that Avram Avinu put into the world was. I believe that no matter what it looks like, God will fulfill the promise. That was, and that's what the Jews, that's what the Jews carried with them. And this same idea is expanded upon, like using more kinds of images in the Ramban. You see the Ramban? Tamim tiyem Hashem the Ramban at the, towards the bottom. Sheniyached levaveinu elav levado. Right? We will give our hearts uniquely to God, right? Levado, only. We believe that God created everything. And only God knows what's going to be in the future. And only God will be able to inform us about the future, Mineviav, it'll come from prophets, Ome Anshei Chasidav, Ritzonei Lomar, Urim Vitumim. Right, there are, in other words, the Torah enables us to know something about the future, but that's the only way that we can know those things. Either uh, God will tell us, or the prophets will tell us, or the Achei Dola will tell us, or the Urim Vitumim will tell us. And we're not going to look at, at kind of people who, who are able to tell the future by looking at the stars, right? The mazalot, to looking at the constellation. Not anybody else who does that kind of thing. And we won't, uh, we won't, uh, be, we won't uh, accept the fact that what they say will certainly happen. You know that, that the Churban Beit HaMikdash Bayit Rishon was on the, on the uh, there was an argument, right? An argument between Yirmiyahu HaNavi and Hananya Ben Azur. Right? Yirmiyahu HaNavi, I assume everybody heard of. Hananya Ben Azur, you should hear of. So he was, Hananiah ben Azur was a Navi Sheker. Was a Navi Sheker. Now, Navi Sheker is a very hard thing to define because if somebody comes and says, I'm a Navi, I go, oh, I was a kid, it's true. This, this young fellow came to the yeshiva, and the yeshiva was just starting. The yeshiva I was involved in. The yeshiva was just starting. This guy comes to me and he says, Look, I'm, I'm a Navi. Do you have a special class that I could attend? So, of course, my first uh, thought was, this person should be put away. And I thought to myself, well, what if he's a Navi? <laughs> what do I do that? So, anyway, he, he looked pretty reasonable. You know, he had a backpack in those days. That was a sign of reasonableness. And, uh, and he, I said, so I asked him to show me, could you show me what, what your prophecies are like? He said, sure. He takes out a large notebook, you know, those spiral notebooks, and he turns pages and he has drawings and pictures that he saw in words. I said, this is, this is really serious. Uh, so I said, but you know that, that the Torah says, the Torah says that even if there is a prophet 
who is truly able to prophesy, but he's not in line with the Torah. You don't listen to him. In fact, you do a lot of other things that are not so healthy. I said to him, <laughs> he said, what should you do? I said, go to yeshiva, which is what I said to everybody in those days. So I said, go to yeshiva. So he said, I, I, I haven't got the strength of it. I'm too busy getting these prophecies. So he said, then I suggest you go to another place. So he did. But you see, prophecy, according to the Ramban, according to Chazal, back to Hananiah ben Azur, right? There was a disagreement between Yirmiyahu and Navi and Hananiah ben Azur. Yirmiyahu and Navi said 50 years, that, uh, that the exile will be 50 years in duration. So 50 years in those days when people lived to be about 30, that sounded like a pretty long time. So along came Hananiah ben Azur, and he said, no, it'll only be about two years. Everybody liked that. So they said, you know, I take this Navi over that Navi. You know, poor Yirmiyahu. You know, Yirmiyahu is a Navi for a long, long time. And the only thing you can say about him was that no one ever listened to him, ever. <coughs> Nothing that he ever said had any impact. And things got worse and worse and worse, even though he was in the Vietnam. Now, now, Hananiah ben Azur is called the Navi Sheker. Why is he called the Navi Sheker? Why, how do you become a Navi Sheker? Again, if somebody comes and says, I'm another, so you say, this is the way to the psychiatric ward. Right? You don't say, well, you know, I mean, I was like, we tried to get the, boost the number of students in the yeshiva, but everybody else would have sent him to the psychiatric ward right away. So why? Why was Hananya ben Azur listened to? So the Gemara says, at the end of Sanhedrin, the Gemara says, Hananya ben Azur was a Neviyamet. And was, he was able to prove, as the Torah said, you know, you prove by doing a miracle or by predicting that something will happen. So Hananya ben Azur was able to do that. And then for some reason, he cracked. And he became a Nevi Sheker. He, he didn't get, I mean, he... I guess wanted whatever Yirmiyahu and Navi had, so he lied about what was going to be. He said it would only be two years. So the, the Chazal said you could have, there could be a Navi, there could be somebody who knows some fraction of the truth, who is able to convince you even that that he's special, but don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. That's what that's what the Ramban said. That that uh, again, he said, "Lo nidrosh bihovrei shamayim, v'lo mizulatam, v'lo niftach." The first wide line in the Rambat, "V'lo niftach sheyavod devreihem al kol panim." Right? We should not believe that whatever they say is going to happen. Avol im nishma davar mehem, nemar kol viyadei shamayim. But if something that they say actually takes place. So we say, oh, but that's, you know, that's Akobi Deshamayim, that was the heavenly dictate. Kihu elokei halukim, elyon alakola, yechol bechol mishnam merachot akochavim, vamazalot kiritsono, mefer otot badim vikosmim yolal. So you see that the Ramban says, even if there are all kinds of strange things in the world, and all kinds of people who seem to attract others into thinking that they have some special uh, special talent. Even my opinion is that there are no such people. There are no such people. There are people who can play the piano and there are people who can play the violin. 
but there aren't people who could tell me what's going to happen tomorrow, except for the weather people who could tell me what's going to happen for the next five days. But if a weatherman tells you he knows what's going to happen in ten days, you don't have to believe it. You don't have to believe it. This whole thing was an issue. This was an issue seen in the Torah. It's called Avodah Zarah. It's called Avodah Zarah. Avodah Zarah does not mean necessarily that you're running around and singing and dancing in, with a cow. That's not necessarily Avodah Zarah is. Avodah Zarah is you attribute the powers of God to something else. And which power was especially attributable to something else? The future. The future. God knows the future. Well, maybe some other person or some other idea or some other way of looking at it also knows the future. That's Avodazara. And if there are people in Israel today, I mean, I don't know about other places. Although I was just in Russia. Russia, they got loads of these people. Wherever you go, there's somebody who's happy to tell you the future. And uh, if you pay a little money, they'll do it with all kinds of gizmos and gimmicks and things like that. So that, that uh, if you find somebody who's willing to tell you what's going to be, run. Because they don't know. They're just telling you. So this is the Ramban. And this is Rashi. So both Rashi and the Ramban agree about the Pasuk in Dvarim. About the Pasuk in Dvarim. Tamim tiyem Hashem means you should never try to second-guess God. You should never try to figure out that there's injustice in the world that God is not dealing with. Right? You should not try to do that. And you should not try to, not try to claim, should not try to claim that the future can be discerned in another way without using uh, divinely inspired uh, material. So you see, that the word tamim, the word tamim has two meanings, both according to Rashi and according to the Ramban. I didn't learn that other Ramban yet. Well, we have time, we'll look at it. But, but there is this idea of tmimut beguf. There is an idea of tmimut beguf, and there's an idea of tmimut be'emunah. There's an idea of tmimut be'emunah, and Everybody has this problem. Everybody wants it to be good. Everybody wants to get an edge. Everybody wants to be able to know what stocks are going to rise and which stocks are going to fall. And you know very well that even the people who did well last year might not do so well this year. And therefore, you can't second guess the future. The future belongs to God. That's the whole idea of the Pasuk in of the Pasuk in also, also, I want to show you that a further reason to say that we do the Brit Milah, we do the Brit Milah because it's a mitzvah in the Torah and not necessarily because Avram Avinu did it, even though I haven't explained why we say the bracha, right? So we'll leave that out for a minute. So listen, Avram Avinu was how old when he was circumcised? He was 99 years old. Avram Avinu, before he was circumcised, achieved a level of perfect faith. Of perfect faith. How do I know that? Because it says, Vayera Elav Hashem. And that's what Vayera Elav Hashem means. Right? When we do the mitzvah of, of Mila, we do the opposite. We do the shleimut of the body, 
before the person achieves shleimut of emunah, because we circumcise the child, and this is only in the pasuk that we were referring to, only in the pasuk that says, do the mitzvah of Mila, does it say, which is a big chiddush, which is a big chiddush, because we know that Yishmael laughed at Yitzchak, because Yishmael said, I was circumcised when I was 13, and you were circumcised when you were eight days old, ha-ha! Anybody can do a mitzvah when they're eight days old. They don't, nobody knows what's happening. When you do it when you're 13 years old, then you are kind of uh, really involved in improving things and changing things and making things. And therefore, Rashi says, to prove that, okay, Yishmael, it's true, Yishmael suffered the Brit Milah to some extent. But you see that Yitzchak was willing to sacrifice everything, was to allow himself to be killed. He was willing to allow himself to be killed by a Kaddish So again, Avram Avinu got to the level of Vayera Elav Hashem before perfection in his body. And perfection in his body meant that the Yetzahara, according to Rashi, the Yetzahara was so much under control that uh, that he didn't have to think about it. He didn't have to worry about his eyes, he didn't have to worry about his ears, he didn't have to worry about his sexual drive because it was all under, it was all under control for Avram Avinu. So, Vayera Elav Hashem, before Vayetamim, right? Vayetamim. Uh, the mitzvah, however, is the reverse. The mitzvah is the reverse. The mitzvah says, Biyoma Shmini, Take care of the imperfection. I mean, your eyes are not doing anything, your ears are not doing anything. There's no sexual drive. Take care of the imperfection in the body. And then, tamim tiyem Hashem work at it. Work at getting to the vayerai love Hashem of Avram Avinu. That's what the psukim say. Now, look at the Shem Yishmuel, the bottom of the page. Shem Yishmuel, Pashat Lech Lecha. Why is it Lech Lecha, basically? Venire, you see it? You see it? Those you're looking at the text. Venire, the Nebi Parshat Milan, Neemar la Avram Avinu, Alaba Shalom. Hitalech lefanai veyetamim. Right? We learned that puzzle. That's the puzzle we just saw. Mashma, Shahad Kolo, Ayatamim. So he says, if God says to Avram Avinu, Hayetamim, become Tamim. So that means he's not yet Tamim. He's not yet Tamim. Af achar kol tzit kol tavu misurut ha-nefesh al-kidush Hashem. You mean that Avram Avinu, you know, he's like a, a righteous man, a tzaddik, a real tzaddik, not a professional tzaddik, a real tzaddik. He, he, was, he was understood everything. Even though he's not, he's not uh, usually described as a philosopher, but he could be. You know, the Rambam loved Avram Avinu. Rambam, Avram Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu are the two great heroes of Jewish history. Uh, uh, the Rambam loved him. Avram O'Avi, the Pasuk says in Yishayel. The Rambam thought that that was the case. That he was beloved of God, meaning that he was able to love God. He was able to perform the mitzvot of Yirat Hashem and Avat Hashem. 
So he says he was Moser Nefesh. He gave he was willing to give up his own life, Akidush Hashem. You know, he let Nimrod throw him into the den of to the fire or the lions or whichever way it is. And if in fact that's the Pshat and the Pasuk, that here's Avram Avinu, he's 99 years old, he's done the best that anybody could do, and his relationship to Kodesh Bochu is unique, Vayera, I love Hashem. So, so that means nobody could do it. If he couldn't do it, if he, Avram Avinu, couldn't become Tamim, so who could become Tamim? So the Shemesh Mu'ah says, but we know there's a Pesach in Devorim, and the Pesach says, Tamim diyeh Hashem elokecha. So how could that be? How could it be that this Pesach tells me, the Pesach in, in our parasha, tells me that Avram Vidu couldn't do it. And then in the Pesach in Devorim, there's a mitzvah, Tamim diyeh Hashem elokecha. I mean, we're very democratic. You know, mitzvahs generally apply to everybody democratically. Maybe not. So, <laughs> but a lot of mitzvahs apply democratically to all, to everybody, right? A lot of mitzvahs. So, so, but this mitzvah, the Shemesh Mula says, how could there be such a mitzvah? How could there be such? How could it be that we say that Avram Avinu couldn't do it? Now, all of you go and do it. Uh, that seems a little unreasonable. Alright, like a question mark. Like everybody's going to have this command. Here you see, the Shemesh Shmuel has an idea. He's got to like work this out. He says, You know that, that uh, the Sfirot, you don't have to understand what I'm about to say. You just remember it that there are seven svirot that connect the upper three svirot with reality. Chesed, Gvurat, Teferes, Netzachon, Yisod, Matzot. Now these svirot have different names. They have different names. Uh, one set of names is the name, the names of HaKodesh Bov, right? Yudkei Vavkei, Hashem, Elokim, Hashem Elokim. They have, they, they have those kinds of names. They're also, they're also divided into Yemin and Smol. Like if you think of yourself looking at the, at the picture of a, you know, picture of a very healthy person. So that person has a right arm, a left arm, a right leg, a left, left leg, right? So there's a right and a left. So the, the Kabbalist also somehow um, saw that there was a right and a left emanating from God and they usually depicted it in that way. I mean, we, we don't go for that. We. But it's there. So here the Shemesh who did go for that, who was, a, who was certainly a Kabbalist, he said, So the first of the seven lowest Svirot is Chesed, the second is Gvura, and the third is Tiferet. Like, think of it as a triangle, right? Chesed, Gvura, Tiferet. So Chesed is Abraham. Chesed is Abraham because he did Chesed. So it doesn't mean that, uh, it doesn't mean he did a chesed. It means he made, he made, a, he created a situation in which chesed was necessary. But he didn't just do a nice thing. He created the world which has to have chesed. That's what Avram Avinu did. 
So chesed, midoch chesed kav yimin. He's to the right, on the right side. V'yadua ki shmol dochev yimin mekarevet. Everybody knows that. This is even the line in the Gemara. And it means uh, that shmol, shmol dochev. Well, this is yimin. Shmol dochev v'yimin mekarevet. Right? You know, it's like in this setup, in the setup, there's also an underlying small yamin. So that the the midot, the midot of chesed word can be divided up also between those that you that put you away and those that bring you close. Why is that important? Why is that important? Avraham Avraham, he's the one who brought together all ba'ei olam. He wanted everybody to come. He did not want to push anybody away. Right? The Chazal say on the Pasuk Vayita Eshel Biver Shava that Avram Avinu planted an Eshel. Eshel, eh, Chazal say, mean like an inn. He built an inn in the middle of nowhere. And he invited everybody to come in and to eat, right? And then after they finished eating, he asked them to bench. Uh, I don't know what the nusach of benching was, but he asked them, he asked them to bench. So that's Avram Avinu, Likarev, Kolba Eolam, Velolitchok, Ulrachek. This was Avram of his nature. His nature was to bring everybody in or to try to bring everybody in feed them and get them to bench. If you don't see the comparison to Chabad, you're not wide awake yet. So this is Avram Avinu. This is Avram Avinu. Now, Mikol Makom Shleimut Adam Sheyubo Kol Hamidot Yachdav He says, but that's not good enough. It's true that Avram Avinu brought everybody in. But you need Shleimut Hamidot. You need a certain kind of perfection. And what does that perfection mean? What does it mean to have that kind of perfection that, that you know when to bring people in and you know when to push them away? Because that's who you are. You're a puller and a pusher. That should be who you are. So Avram Avinu was only, the one, only pulling people in. He wasn't pushing anybody out. So the Shemish Mishmuel says, Avram Avinu the Tolik Karev Olam, the fourth line. The fifth line, that you have to have everything. You have to have chesed, all of the midot, all of the midot belong to every single person. It's another way of understanding how divine attributes got into human behavior. That's perfection. Perfection is not that you let everybody in. Perfection is that you know when to let them in and when to push them away. Because that's the yamin and the small, the Shemish Mual says. Getting back to our psukim, he says, Az nikra adam shalem, madrigat tamim kebetargum tamim shalim. Valkein, three lines from the bottom. The fifth word, fourth word, 
Al Kain Avram Avinu Lo Veshalom Al Hamiad Hamila Shaya Inyano Tamid Likarei Velorel Chek Adayin Lo Nikrat Tamim And he says, therefore, Avram Avinu was not called Tamim until the mitzvah of Milo, which is what happens in our pasuk, right? The continuation of our pasuk, the mitzvah of Milo. Adai and Lonikratamim. Next to the last line, at the end of the line, Ad mitzvat Mila. Shehu inyandi chuip solet. Because what Mila is, what Mila is, and this appears several times in the Chumash, this idea, in different ways, like, like the, the, it says, Psolecha. HaKadosh Baruch said to Avraham Avinu, Psolecha, then Chazal said, what did he do with the, with, the, with the bits of stone that, you know, when you cut out a stone and you make it into, he brought up these luchot to heaven, to HaKadosh Baruch so he had to shape them. When he shaped them, he had like a chat to chisel them out. He chiseled it out, you get little pieces of stone so that the receiving of the Torah had to come with the, getting rid of something that was extra. The same thing is true about the Brit Milah. The Brit Milah is psole. What you end up with, something that you bury, that you, you get rid of it. So, so he says, Shehu inyan Milah, next to the last line, the first word, Shehu inyan dichui psole. You're getting rid of something that you don't need. You're sending it away, you're pushing it away below the karev, not to force the psolet to become part of the system of Kedusha, of sanctity, to get rid of it, to get rid of it entirely. And that smoldoche, in other words, Avram Avinu, in this pasuk, achieved two wondrous levels, according to the Shem Mishmur. First, Vayera Elav Hashem, which meant that he had this special relationship or awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and also because of that awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he couldn't help himself. Everybody said, well, he said, went, he said, come in, listen to me, take my ideas, take it for free, I'm not going to charge you, the whole thing, all I want you to do is thank God for the food that you're eating. That was Avram, Avram Avinu. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to me, to him, there's something missing in you. You're not tamim because, because you didn't get rid of that solet which enables you, which will then enable you to distinguish between the people that you should be in the, in, in the, in the holy language of modern Hebrew, makarev people, and you also doche other people. You know that some people, for some people it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Right, that's Avram Avinu learned that, that Lot, Lot was a lost cause. I mean, he could make him a better Lot, but he couldn't make him into an Avram Avinu. He couldn't change Lot to become an Avram Avinu. So Avram Avinu's shalem, his, his shleimut, is this combination of knowing when to bring in the people, which was his nature but also to recognize that in the world there's psolet, which he would have to, which he would have to push away. So that uh, the model, the model for Milo, the model for Bris Milo is that the, uh, a person comes to an awareness that he can't live without Bris Milo. That's the model. But we don't have the Torah 
couldn't trust us. Couldn't trust us that we would be able to fulfill that kind of a mitzvah. You know, when you get to it, when you get to it, you feel that you need it, you'll uh, be circumcised. So the Torah said, the Torah said, every child, let's get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. And therefore, uh, every child, if he, if he grows up and gets to the level of emuna, which is described by Vayera Elav Hashem, Whatever, whatever that might mean for the individual. I mean, I assume that emuna is not something that is uh, marketable like uh, a math uh, uh, equation. And that, uh, so, so that, uh, that's Avram Avinu. When we say Lachniso Bebriso Shel Avinu at the Mila, at the Bris Mila, so it's going to the to the Shei Mishmuel. It's like, in spite of the fact that I'm doing the mitzvah because the Torah tells me to do the mitzvah. That's the really the reason I'm doing it. Nevertheless, I have in mind that when Amram Avinu did the mitzvah, there was a kind of shleimut, a kind of perfection that was involved. And that perfection, that perfection is your uh, doche. You push away what should not be taken in because it would have a bad influence on the situation. And you are mekarev. You bring in whatever you think uh, uh, will benefit from your, from your attempts at, uh, at uh, Kirva. I think uh, I, said it, I said it on Shabbos, Friday night, I think it's correct that uh, Chabad has managed to do that. I'm not saying that Chabad is perfect. I didn't say that. I'm just saying Chabad, they, they wear f- funny clothing, which is doche. Like, you know, you see... These guys don't look like anybody I want to talk to. On the other hand, even though they wear that f- the funny clothes, they're able to connect to a wide variety of people in a uh, substantial way, which I think is, um, is rather remarkable. Rather remarkable for everybody else. Everybody else, their uniforms, you know, the more you have a uniform, the less you want to interact with people who don't wear that that uniform, which again, it's like it has a good part to it and it has a less good part to it. And uh, you should not be satisfied with the uniform alone, but you should also insist that the uniform is not gonna stop you from doing good, right? So this is, uh, we, all, we all kind of adopt, more or less adopt uniforms. Okay, have a good show.